sure you're ready. As ready as I'm ever going to be. Haha, <laughs> because we're already live. There we go. Ooh. Hey, hey. <laughs> hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 89 of the Megavision Show. Today is August the 27th, 2021. And joining me this week, my lovely co host, he leads a lonely life. He leads a lonely life. When he woke up late in the morning light and the day had just begun, it's Chris Powell. What is up? <laughs> and that was the lovely rendition of Ace of Base. Um, Where do you get that. these things from? Do you just like, do you just look up random music yep. lines or something? Basically. <laughs> I've been doing that for like a year or so. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, that was like a last minute thing. I was like, ah, I haven't done it this week. So chuck that in. So, yes, welcome. It's Chris is back with me. Fantastic. How? Well, hello. Welcome, Chris. Welcome. And uh, yeah, welcome back to the new show. Uh, we had a bit of a play with it last week and we're kicking off again this week, hopefully going along the same format and uh, going along with it. So we're going to kick it off because we've actually got some guests waiting. We're going to bring them on in a few minutes, but we're going to kick it off with uh, a fun thing. So, um, well, actually, Chris, sorry, I should probably ask, is there anything you want to chat about beforehand before we start? I should say just real quick uh, before we start, uh, we have a couple days left for people to subscribe uh, to Megavision's Patreon and get in there and secure your issue one. Uh, for those uh, that don't know, we are basically rebooting the magazine. We've completely redesigned it. It's really, Graham, I would say it's it's really what we kind of envisioned originally with Megavisions uh, when we originally set out to do Megavisions, but at the time... We just didn't have it at all set in place to to create a physical magazine, and really, just I think the the landscape of indie magazines is much different than five years ago when we started this whole thing. But anyway, Absolutely. it's it's, it's yeah. we're really imagining and, and realizing this kind of vision that we originally had, and that's what this is. So, like I said, you have two days left to get in on this. Um, but if you you're too late and you're not in on that first wave on Patreon, don't fear because we always order some extra copies which will be on our website uh on our web store uh for for folks to be able to go and and purchase but for those who are listening right now go to patreon.com slash megavisions where you can go up and subscribe to the magazine it's very cheap we ship worldwide and we only charge your account when we're actually ready to ship our issue to the printers and then ship it to you so, oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, and it is really good getting in on the Patreon because uh, some of our back copies have sold out. So they do sell out um, and probably won't ever print them again. I'm not sure. Uh, never oh, we ever, still but... have a couple. Well, we still have a few back uh, issues. I don't even know if I'm holding these up right. Um, we have uh, issues <laughs> eight and nine still Ooh, left in the store to lovely. purchase. But like you said, Graham, issue seven is sold out. Uh, we're not going to reprint any of those. So uh yeah once these are out and i will say issue eight is running low uh i would say we have less than 100 Ooh, copies that's left the best one so, that's the best one <laughs> if you like panzer dragoon saga get that one I'll tell you that much yeah um go. i'm gonna be saying that every week um excellent brilliant so there yeah, let's uh well actually let's just say what we're going to be talking about today so yes we've got a fantastic show for you as always we'll be chatting and playing some games uh we're gonna be playing a dreamcast game in a second a brand new one which we will show you in a minute um we'll be chatting with some old friends uh jerry berg and ryan goddard uh, who we know from many years ago, and we're all big supporters of the OnLive game service. And um, they both eventually worked for the company. And if you don't know what OnLive is, 
we'll go through it and we'll chat about it later so you will find out because it was it was basically the future before the future came here um it was fantastic uh so so good um and uh yeah so they've got a lot to say about the company and we're really looking forward to learning more about on live and its highs and its lows so with that chris before we get cracking on with the dreamcast game let's kick off the show You've never watched Blue's Clues? I have not. We're back live as well. Never mind. So let's, stop, let's park that conversation. Um, yes. I, like so. how you, I, I do want to say I love how you described on live the future before the future. You know what? <laughs> if they had maybe used that tagline all along, who knows? Maybe we'd still... I wouldn't say still be talking about on live today because we're talking about them today, but maybe we'd be talking about them more than today is what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe maybe yesterday. Yeah. And tomorrow. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe we'd be on live right now. Wow. Um, yeah, that'd be amazing. But okay, right. Let's, uh, let's do this. So I'm very excited because I've been wanting to play this game for several years. I actually can't even remember when it first, but it's, intrepid izzy for the sega dreamcast so i backed this on kickstarter like i can't even i think it was like 2017 the kickstarter happened i don't actually have it to hand so chris if you want to look that up that'd be fantastic and helpful but yes this is a kickstarter yeah. game they uh made it for the dreamcast uh, it's available on ps4 i believe and also on steam and uh the dreamcast game has just been released so it came out on steam a while ago um but they were still going through making tweaks for the dreamcast version because obviously we've the Dreamcast, it's, you can't you can't update the game, basically. If you want to update the game, you're going to have to like do fresh printing. So they wanted to make sure the game was absolutely perfect. And it worked really well with Dreamcast, with the Dreamcast controller. And it's now finally here. And um, I the thing is, though, I actually backed it on Kickstarter for the Collector's Edition, which is a big box with lots of stuff in it. Um, and then I got What's really the game. You want me to get into the game? Okay. Get in the game. So, keep, tell, okay. keep telling us about right. it. The way actually, you're doing. I'm going to be doing a live unpacking because I actually haven't taken the seal wrapping off. So I've got a knife. Taking that. Ah. Right. As okay. you're doing that, Graham, I will say you're correct. It did come out. Uh, the Kickstarter went live in 2017. You're right. And in fact, uh, we actually have a cop. Oh, man, I don't have one with me. In the ultra rare issue zero of Megavisions, which I think there's only maybe less than 50 of those that we have ever printed. Um, we did a Intrepid Izzy preview, and I think you wrote that, didn't you? Oh, I believe I did, yeah, because I did actually play the game, yeah. Um, I played the demo. They released the demo for some some sites and magazines and stuff, and um, we were lucky enough to get our hands on this demo. And, yeah, I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, it was a little manual. Sorry. You better hurry, because we only have, like... Oh, that's true. Yeah, we're going to have to get... We're going to get the guys in. Okay, here. we'll check this out a little bit later, maybe. Okay. So, okay, this always does this with my uh, my thing... Uh, there we go. Ooh, that's nice and loud. Blimey. Um, cool. So this is exciting. So one of the things I will say, uh, I, I, I was editing the audio podcast of last week. I was telling Graham, I thought we sounded really good. I, I thought the audio for everyone sounded really good. I was mm. happy with that. But I realized we need to be more descriptive when we're talking <laughs> about the games we're playing. Right. So... I understand that. And we talked about it off air. So we're going to try to be better about that. So we're going to try to be more descriptive of like what we're seeing. 
uh, because when we get into the news section later, we're going to be watching some more videos and trailers and stuff. Cool. So it'll be awesome. If you missed out on Gamescom, keep watching because we're going to check out some really cool Gamescom uh, trailers later on. Excellent. Uh, I'm just going to start the game. Screw it. Right, I'm starting the game. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, so I basically backed for the collector's edition, which is a big box with stuff, but they announced that that's being a bit, a bit delayed. And um, so, but they started sending out the, the basic versions of the games, which is what I've, I've got here. So what I did was I basically went onto, uh, I think it's Wave, um, is one of the distributors. I actually just bought it myself and like a day later it arrived. So I'm really happy. Um, so Chris, should we to skip this intro bit? So we're, we're short on time. We can yeah, let's skip this. Let's time. get into the game. We're going to get into the game. I will say the, uh, the, the, the character art and stuff, pretty nice, I would say. Yeah. Um, from from the demo that I played, it was really cool. So if you don't know about this, it's a 2D platformer. It's kind of like a, I guess, a Metroidvania style game. So you've got like a sort of a world that you go around. Different There's different levels and areas that you still go to, but you unlock costumes, which give Izzy powers. And you collect, um, from memory, it's like some gemstones and stuff that you collect. And they um, that's how you use your powers. So your powers are sort of limited based on how much gem, many gemstones you've got. It's, so you're saying it's a bit like Ball in Wonderworld? It's exactly how bad it is, basically. Bad and, <laughs> and Izzy's awesome. She does like martial arts and stuff. Um, so this warning: blobs ahead. Better punch them before they touch you. Nice. So you played this game back in like what 2017 or 2018? Because they, I think they had a demo when they came out with the Kickstarter, right? Yeah, it was. It was not long after the Kickstarter launch they released the demo. Um, From what you remember and what you're seeing now, like, do you? Do you see much changes and improvement? So this is completely different. <laughs> like, the, okay, visually and the way it controls is the same, um, but this is not the starting area for the demo. The demo you started off in a, um, it's like green, there's a green area, and it's like, um, like an ocean behind you, but this looks very much like one of the rooms you, fa you found in the demo. Um, like you go inside an area and yeah, this is, yeah, I remember these things just appearing and stuff. And, They've changed the blobs, actually. So I'm fighting some blobs right now, and they uh, look very different to the demo from what I can remember. Um, I think in the demo... They're funny. They're wearing those, like, Shriner hats. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they go... Those, the Shriners are, got, are nice. I, you know, they uh, run the circuses. Ooh, can I... You've, huh. Surely you've gone to a Shriner circus in your time, Grant. Um... I don't even really know that word, to be honest. Um, I call them a fez. It's circus? It's like a fez. Oh, no, I know what, I know what a circus is. Oh, yeah, so I just What do you guys them. call circuses? We call in them the UK. circuses. We call them circuses, but I don't know what a shriner is. What's a shriner? Oh, it's like an old man that wears a funny hat, I think. <laughs> Actually, I don't know why I'm pushing these blocks. I've just run over here by the looks of it. Attack! Okay, they, um, the jumps and the actual fighting seemed a little bit better than the demo, I must admit. There's something off, slightly off about the jumping. Um, Wait, you're, so you said that you, you preferred the, the demo? No, 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 jumping? I'm saying, no, the dump, the jumping in the demo was worse than this. This is better. Oh, okay, gotcha. There was, there was just something slightly off, and I actually told them about it. I sort of said, yeah, just so you know. And they, sort of, they said it depends on the age of the gamer, because... The people who were like sort of more old school gamers, a bit like me, I guess, they found the jumping off, but any new people found it a little bit tricky. Feel spirit bar by collecting crystals. Ah, okay. Special button or okay. Mm. It's just uh, like a Hadoken. 
Yes, let's give that a try. Or Hadouken, how, how, how would you pronounce it? How did you pronounce that? Hadouken. That's fair. It's pretty good. I think she actually She's says pretty that badass. As well. She basically says Hadouken. <laughs> Is that right? Is that, does that actually just mean like fireball in Japanese or something? Uh, you, you're the one who took Japanese lessons, Graham. <laughs> Did you not learn? I figured that would be the first thing you'd want to learn on day one. That would be what the first thing you'd like mean? to learn. Yeah, but uh, he did not teach us that. Uh, my, my tutor was not a, a fan of games, but apparently. So the map. Oh, sweet. So the map, I don't think, I don't remember map being in um, the the demo. So that's kind of happy. Kind of happy. Dungeon. Oh yeah. Okay. What do you think about? Um, do you want to jump back in? Maybe we can play some more of this later on. Yeah, we can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's jump back into it. Maybe if we have time uh, towards the end of the show, we can uh, jump back in. There's a checkpoint right here. I'm gonna get this checkpoint. There you go. Nice. Okay. Right. Yeah. We will be back playing this a little bit later because we're right now we're gonna have to we're gonna jump in with our our friends. Um, Let's do that on live. So one second, I can. Right, uh, let's see if we can get them. Are they on the line? Jeremy, Ryan, are you there? Uh, I'm definitely here. Awesome, we've got them. We've got them here, fantastic. Okay. Jeremy, I think your mic is muted. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, there you go. There nice. we go, we are here. Awesome. <laughs> we are here. This is, I, I, I want to say, this is like the first time I think we've all been collectively on any sort of video call or anything like that is since a long time ago. I mean, because uh, like Graham, like you said, we're saying earlier, we all were working together uh, on a website called OnLive uh, Fans back in the day, which sounds really weird now when we have OnlyFans. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. it's like, uh, I feel like if OnLive and on live fans could have kept it going just for a little bit longer. There could have been some really good cross promotional stuff that we could have done, like a <laughs> only on live fans cast or something. There's so much potential there. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we've all been streamed. <laughs> <laughs> judging from been a great uh, collaboration. Judging from the news recently, um, I think OnlyFans probably going to go the way of on live. Uh, to be honest, from what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, they went back on it, so now oh, it's yeah, all they reversed it. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! Oh wow. Okay, so yeah, that, that's, that's so it's see, like OnlyFans version two. <laughs> that's what on live needed to do. They just needed to, um, you know. I, okay, let's not go into that. Let's not go that way. Right. Um, <laughs> welcome, welcome, both of you. Um, should we, should we start the game and then get to chatting? Yeah, let's get into the game first, okay. uh, and then we'll we'll do that. But cool, fantastic! So welcome both. What are we What are we playing first? We are playing Mega Bomberman, and Ooh. actually got Ryan um, as player one at the moment. So Ryan, you actually have the main control, and Chris, you are player two. No, no, well, no, you're leaving. <laughs> and sadly, Jeremy uh, couldn't connect. Ooh, wah, <laughs> So I go battle game, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. So yeah, we'll, oh. as always, we're playing on Pie Packer. Um, it's a lovely thing that we really enjoying. Oh, can we have? Can you I can do well? four. Yeah, you can get this goes up to four people. So this oh, is, uh, you can yeah. do. Okay. Yeah, that's why we well. chose this, Graham. Oh, that's so. why you chose this. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> paying attention. Right. Yeah. 
Alright, so I guess three combatants. Yep. There we go. Here we go. It's gonna be fun. I'm How drinking a bubbly. Never tried that. Any good? It's okay. It just seems like it's uh, your standard... I think it's Target. I don't even know who makes it. It's just your standard seltzer water. What was water. the other popular one? Lacrosse or whatever? And then <laughs> Lacrosse. They, LaCroix? I, LaCroix. I don't even know. And then they got in trouble, supposedly, for putting uh, insectus, uh, some sort of uh, bug killer in the drink. Is that right? Uh, it was a rumor, I guess. I don't know. People still drink it, so... They're, yeah, they're going <laughs> to... Okay, so I guess I'm supposed to be selecting somebody now? Uh, I guess. Oh, I just pushed down, so... Oh, okay. oh this is a tag team. Oh, okay. Okay, who... I don't have control. Okay, here we go. So as well, we're as we're doing this, I want to keep talking and and stuff. So I think we should start with on live because I think that's where all of we that's where we first really got to know each other. Um, can you guys explain what on live was? Uh, yeah, Ryan, Ryan, why, why don't you go first, Ryan? Tell us what what on live was all about, and then Jeremy, you can uh, kind of jump in and 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 kind of talk about how you first got into OnLive and discovered that. Yeah, so OnLive was basically a, you know, you know, you hear of them now, but there it was the original uh, game streaming service, video game streaming service. Um, ran over your internet and it had, you know, it had pretty good titles. It had like, uh, what, uh, Assassin's Creed was on it for a while uh, and a few other things, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a great time to be alive. Oh, it was, yeah. I remember yeah, playing the Wheelman on there, actually. That was really cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, they, um, they love to uh, say that they were the pioneer of cloud gaming, which, I mean, technically, I guess they were the first. So, I mean, but now it's funny that I see every single new cloud service coming out spouting that they're also the pioneers of cloud gaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Everyone's the pioneer. Um, but... No, I mean, yeah, uh, I was. It's funny because I was having a discussion with um, some of some people that were all were on online fans. I still speak with that we all know. And uh, the other day, we saw the release announcement of the new uh, Saints Row, and the very first thing that they said to me was, "Oh, the uh, cloud horror game of every <laughs> cloud gaming service because it's on every cloud gaming service." True. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the cloud version of uh, GTA because we know GTA is never going to get on the cloud. I guess. No. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the same thing with a Sonic the Hedgehog. Like Sega will put that on anything, and for a while they were doing that with Sonic Four, especially. Oh yeah. Uh, I think that actually came mm -hmm. on live, didn't it? Uh no, that was uh what you call it? Um, oh I can't remember which one. Um, there was Sonic 3D Blast was in the play pack, I think. Oh yeah. And... And then they had, they had a couple other ones. Oh, they brought. So I think they brought the Dreamcast collection eventually to it, didn't they? Yeah, crazy I think you could play like Crazy Taxi and like uh, yeah, like Sega uh, Bass Fishing maybe. Oh, it, also I know this isn't Sega related. At least I don't think it is. But don't forget dog football. Oh, dog football. Who Very could rice dog, dog football. It was amazing. 
the joke of jokes. Oh my god. So <laughs> do you not remember dog football at all? That was towards the end, and I do remember us talking about that in one of the podcasts. But um so on live, yeah, it was a, a game streaming service. What was the what was the time frame of that? Um it's, oh man, I gotta remember it's uh so I remember they initially announced, I think, back in um I wanna say like 2006-2007 was when they like finally came out and said that online was happening and then sure enough like a short bit later along came the uh came the uh came the forums and community site Hmm. i think uh jeremy's restarting real quick He, he had some some issues so we'll keep going yeah it was uh it started out pretty early, actually. Um, they had it had been rumored for a bit that a service was coming, um, and then they showed up. I want to say first at GDC or CES. Ooh. Yeah, I think you're right. I do remember that now. Yep, because they wanted to make sure we knew all about the awards they got. <laughs> do you remember when the first time that you you heard about on live though? Do you do you remember what that was and uh, what you thought about it at first? So I had heard about it pretty much from the onset of announcement. Um, and I'm a huge fan of like new tech and stuff like that. So I was all over it. Um, like I was ready for it. Um, but then um, I finally got to try it because I managed to go to uh, CES uh, the next year and they were there again. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And that was it. It was really good too. That was that was interesting because at that time they they were probably having to. I'm trying to think of like how they would have been using that. There they must have been connected to some sort of custom servers or something locally. Yeah. I, I would imagine, right? Yeah, they were um, only because I know about only because I know how some of the E3 demos work. They had in their booth the one year I went. Um, ah, they. Uh, they were running shadow boxes. So they're basically they're their own little boxes they hide away. And um they're just a local server. It's basically like a LAN party. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And so basically what when when you would subscribe to OnLive or you'd buy like the box, you'd get this little set top box in the mail along with a OnLive controller, which I have to say that OnLive controller, I love that thing. It was modeled after I guess an Xbox 360 controller but it had some cooler buttons that did some cool things i thought yeah um i actually still have mine upstairs i should have brought it um but yeah it was you know it was funny about that controller was it was the first one to do what is very common now with the share button Mm -hmm. and that's i always thought that was pretty funny because everybody's doing it and every once in a while you'll see a uh a post uh, when someone shows a new share new share controller and someone will say, oh, it looks familiar, and you'll see a picture of an online. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that it, it seems like a lot of people now are forgetting, though, sometimes that it was online that was doing some of that stuff earlier and are crediting other companies for, for that. And I think that uh, the the... Uh, the share button is certainly one of them. And then some of the cooler features that online started getting like later on uh, in their life, I think probably like, it gets, I don't know if it was, if they even made it to a year three or so, but I remember they eventually rolled out the uh, the feature where you could 
uh, share controllers. Kind of what we're doing right now with PyPacker, where you're able to, to, to kind of give your controller over to someone who's spectating your, uh, your game. And then that way, their idea was like, if you're having trouble getting past a certain part in a game, you could give it to like Graham, you know, Graham's not very good at video games. So he might need <laughs> me to help him, you know, get past like, you know, level two in Mario Brothers. And I could do that in online. And I thought that was a kind of a neat feature. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the things to think about too, is, you know, PlayStation has the, has the game share, I think too. Or yeah, the, remember they were trying to do that game share thing. And, um, you know, it's just funny to see where these things go, how far these things have come along. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get into because I, I do want to talk more about kind of how OnLive evolved as a company. But before we get there, uh, we should talk about the OnLive fans website, too, uh, because that was I mean, that's really how we all ended up meeting each other. Uh, what was that website and how did you end up first becoming a part of that? <laughs> So it's actually the funny part is I did not know that there was a uh, you guys are killing me um, that there was a, a website at all. But a friend of mine had noticed like a post somewhere or he actually no, he knew the guy who was running um, who was running on live fans who created it. And um, a guy who if you've done some research in the news, you know exactly who he is. Um, <laughs> yeah. He. uh he he i they're like oh we're looking for moderators so i'm like all right cool whatever i've moderated some gaming companies before and then all of a sudden like i was on there and moderator and i'm like so what what exactly does 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 the forum do you know um but it was actually uh jumped in it was a lot of fun and that's how i ended up getting there it was just by someone saying hey look at this oh cool well you know, that sometimes that's how it works. You know, I think that's ended up kind of how Graham and I ended up starting way back when. But uh, I think, Jeremy, you're back with us now. Um, how did you first learn of uh, the online fans website? Well, um, back in the day, I used to be on the now defunct website, um, playfire.com, which now yeah. turned into Green Man Gaming. Yep. And I was on there a lot and I was mostly on the forums and uh, somebody had mentioned on live on there and I just did a Google search and I guess um, the previous owner of on live fans did a rather good job with SEO. So um, <laughs> it was the first site that popped up. I joined, I trolled the hell out of the website and I became a moderator. <laughs> See, that's all you have to do is just go and start trolling and it will give you a job. <laughs> It's funny because Jeremy was one of the biggest thorns in my side for the longest time. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, let's just see if this guy wants to <laughs> be on staff. And sure enough, he came on and it was amazing. Did it work? Did you stop like becoming a troll at that point and decide, like, I'm going to... It, it eventually led to the Breaking Point podcast, which, I mean, I stopped trolling i guess in writing on the forums probably and started practicing <laughs> it more verbally <laughs> so uh that's where that went to yeah and so that we should talk about that so that was um that the breaking point that was a podcast i know that each of you were on that um was that how did that originally begin it, it started off with me and alec card blades i believe his name yep. was or steven and uh 
we uh, it just started off we were just talking about the uh, on live releases because they released uh, continuously or we'd like to think they did on a consistent basis <laughs> uh, new releases and uh, we were just talking about the releases the games and just uh, pretty much I, I wouldn't say uh, I don't know if vulgarities are allowed on the podcast here but I, we weren't shitting on the platform but we were just making jokes it was the butt of a lot of jokes and uh People liked it, and uh, we just kept going until on live. Pretty much, you know, it wasn't until on live destroyed themselves or whatever happened, or they tanked. It was until, thankfully, Ryan and myself got jobs at on live, and mm-hmm. then I think that kind of ended the podcast <laughs> because of obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot. I mean, there there was a lot that OnLive did uh, to deserve some of the ridicule that they got, and some just like get made fun of and things for that. Um, but what was some of the things that you guys remember, like you know, joking about or just kind of calling them out on on stuff that they're kind of screwing up about? Well, I mean, one of the big ones was, you know, they were definitely working outside of their means in the first place. But I think one of the big problems they had was they kept promising all these games would come around. And um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like Jeremy brought up earlier, dog football shows up instead of like Tomb Raider that they thought that they were saying, oh, it's going to come. You know, it was that kind of thing. Um, the pr- It was priced right and everything. It was just the games were not were yeah, not I think the-, the best. The games were they were they cheaper? Like what were uh, were they like thirty nine ninety nine or were they forty nine ninety nine? Like uh, full priced like AAA games? Uh, I think they were uh, co- uh, pretty good priced. I, um, I think they were down a little bit, but it was also because they weren't new games. True. I I think it might also depend on uh, which version of OnLive we're discussing. Um, oh, that's the right. second one. Yeah, the one that we were from. They had uh, what was it? Cloud uh, the Cloud oh jeez, Cloudlift that came with a Steam CD key with every purchase. Mm. And then yeah, there was so that was that was server. later on. That was I think. Uh, so, um, oh man, who was the what was his name? The original founder of OnLive. Um, Steam Perlman. Steve Perlman. Perlman, yeah, Steve Perlman. So he was the yeah. We should we. I mean, we should say his name, Steve Perlman, uh, who he's founded many different uh, companies, uh, you know, in Silicon Valley over the years, and online was one of them. Uh, I think it always is one of those things where he he seems to have really great idea. The tech is really interesting, but uh, it's always like, how do you monetize it, and how do you make money off of it? And that's probably I think one of the his his I think uh, challenges over his career. Um, certainly it's what ended up happening with OnLive, but as we continue to talk about OnLive, one of the reasons why uh, it seemed, one of the challenges they were having, I know, because I did talk to uh, talk to some, like I think Matt Jensen, who was the uh, the main community manager for, I guess, a large portion of the early days of OnLive, I, I would say. He kind of yeah. told me a little bit, but I guess what they ended up having to do is they would have to, when, once they got a game from a publisher, uh, they would send over the code from the publisher. Uh, essentially, on lives, like, a team would have to go in and remap everything uh, for the on-live controller and do all this other stuff to make it just work with the on-live system. So one of the problems on-live was having is that they could not get games like day and date 
um, as the other systems that your your PS3, your Xbox 360, your Steam, they would have to get the code and then spend however many days it took to actually get that game working on a live system. Is that something that you guys can confirm or, or notice on your end? Yeah, I mean, that is true. Uh, that's why they had all those engineers, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much what we had been told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we were on conference calls where we heard repeatedly, oh, well, we have access to this game now, but we're spending countless amount of times trying to uh, trying to just get it workable on the service. Yeah. And I mean, they did a good job. It was just... Uh, you know, by that time, people have bought games otherwise, or, you know, afterthought, or on life slowly just started becoming the afterthought. I think there was one, one really, there was like, maybe, maybe there was a couple big moments in on lives like history, but I think one of the ones that people will look back on and be like, I do remember that moment was when I, what show was it where it was a European show? It wasn't Gamescom, I don't think, but I thought it was in in London or somewhere. Graham, you went there. You're I was on mute. I muted my mic. Sorry. It was Eurogamer Expo. That's it was right. Eurogamer Expo. Yeah. What year was that? Um, uh, I might be able to work that out. It must have been like 2018. No, it was not way 2018. Early, I, mean, early. I mean, I mean, I mean, um, I don't know why I said 2018. Um, I think it was around 20. 2010 2011 maybe because i was working at a magazine company at the time um and i remember going there with some people from the magazine company and we all got given free on live boxes and you know this with the controller and stuff and the people i went with never set up never used it i was like you've got to try this out it's really good and they're like yeah sounds cool but they never used it like you've just got to be given the free thing to use come on well Um, that's what i was going to say is that you know, on live, they ended up spending a lot of money because they had to ship all of those micro consoles over Europe and they basically gave them all away. Yeah. And so that was the big talk of that whole show was on live because everyone who was there could basically just walk out with a free system. I think that was the it's one nuts. you ended up using, wasn't it, Graham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've still got it it's somewhere under my sofa next to me and i was actually just going to try and look for it a few moments ago because i actually found it the other day um and i don't wish boxes in so yeah sorry <laughs> um should we should we change game actually quickly yes oh, yes yeah. yes we'll Why change we game we'll put, let's put on turtles maybe okay uh, yeah some cool. hyperstone heist yeah um, while you're doing uh, well, that i do want to give some shout outs uh to the folks in the chat uh chromeca's here we got status monkey uh Awesome to have everyone in the chat. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. Um, before we, because there's a lot of bad stuff to talk about about a live, right? We could spend so much time talking about it, but we'll get into some of the other stuff and and really kind of what we thought was maybe the downfall of on live and get into that in a minute. But before we do that, let's let's stay positive a little bit and tell me some of your guys's like favorite memories about either working on on live. Uh, fans working for on live or just maybe just the experience as a whole and uh you know you just uh you know playing it as a fan go well, ahead Joe. no go ahead ryan you go first okay um yeah i uh you know honestly i think the the podcast we ran the on live fans podcast was a lot of fun um and also playing with uh 
uh, if you remember Super Token as well, uh, super amazing guy. I've hung out with him. It was really cool to like kind of work with Jeremy and him and all of us to create like a cool live stream thing for on live. And that was really what got me interested in on live. Um, not on live, sorry, uh, streaming. So I think those were the two. And plus, the one trip that I happened to stumble upon them at E3, and they paid for my pass. Nice. I'd say uh, mine's very similar to yours. Um, it, it's being able to start off, like I said, like on Play Fire Green Man Gaming, and then the feeling of being able to go from there as a fan or just somebody who knew nothing about on live at all, and then go to a fan website, and then eventually just uh you know become the community manager and work with them and be part of the industry it was a really neat experience that's pretty and, awesome it, it was always very cool like when you get that feeling of working on the other side of the industry and it, it's, it's kind of a neat feeling what was uh what was some of the first stuff when you were working for on live like what were some of the things that you were you were doing for them and what, some of the projects you're working on well, we were doing, uh, both Ryan and myself, we were doing the community management thing, so we were making sure that uh, social media was on point and making uh, posts, creating threads, things like that. Um, uh, metrics, numbers, things like that, engaging with the community on the forums. Uh, we did, uh, what was it called, Ryan? Um, Cloud Chaos was a stream yep. that we did every week. Me and you were angry at each other. <laughs> yeah, you were beating the crap out of each other in, uh, what was that Western game? Oh, the, that Call of Juarez or whatever. Yeah, no. Call of Juarez. And, That's uh, something we, else. Yeah, it was, yeah, we did call, oh, there was another one too, I forgot what it was called, but yeah. Um, anything that was in the play pack at the time, we just went head-to-head -head at and we had the uh, community engaging on Twitch and things like that. Um, it was, it was good times. What was the play pack? Explain that for those who are listening. It's similar to the um, subscription service that I believe you can obtain through Xbox and pretty much almost anyone else now. You pay X amount of dollars a month and you get unlimited access to play uh, whatever games they offer you on any device that connects to the internet. Yeah, so. that's, that's pretty much it. I think it was like for like 10 bucks a month or something like that. Yeah, it started out at $9.99, then ended up mm -hmm. at like $14.99. Okay. Mm. I mm -hmm. found that being really groundbreaking at the time, though, because it was just like, whoa, I can play all these games, and if I want to, I can buy them as well. Like, that was cool. It, it was a great combination to be able to choose from that or be able to choose from playing the game and receiving the Steam key with it, too. Mm. Yep. I, am I correct in thinking you got sometimes you got free games each month or something, or is that something I made up in my head? They used to do something like $5 Friday games or that something like that. Yeah, yeah. You got like mm -hmm. really cheap games randomly. <laughs> and at the start, they were the best games. And then suddenly it got a bit like, from memory, it got, they, they became the worst games. Dog basically. football. It turned, yeah. I was just going to say it turned into dog football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do not remember this dog football at all. It, you so just use dogs to... <laughs> yeah, they must have just been licensing it out of just like old PC games or just something like some really crappy stuff towards the end there. Um, yeah, I must. I, I imagine they were just running out of like investment funds towards the end. Um, See that, that it's so difficult to remain positive. Like we started yeah. off with this, where it was like all oh, saying nice things and gratitude. I know, and I know. Ultimately, lands to downhill. 
Okay, so let's let's set some timelines <laughs> then. So we, we we were talking about how so they went to the Eurogamer Expo and that was uh when when did we say that was Graham? I think it was like 2010, maybe 2011, I think. I I can confirm that all three of us met up at PAX East in 2012. Right. Okay, so it's I'm pretty sure it's before that then. It's obviously before that. Um yeah. So, yeah. Non-Live had very minimal presence at PAX East that year. I was supposed to meet up with Matt Jensen, but I believe he never showed up. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I met him at um, Eurogamer in London. Um, that's, oh, nice. He's the guy who gave me the uh, the online. Um, I gave him an interview. I did an interview with him as well at the time, that's from memory. Um, so I think we were doing bitloaders at that time, Chris. I don't know if Yes, that. we were there doing bitloaders. Yeah. That was in um, between Sega Nerds, like when Sega Nerds was shut down for a little bit. Yeah. We started another website and bitloaders was it was geared towards uh like focused on like digital gaming and covering that yeah. sort of thing. And um obviously that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But, um but we had fun there. Um so I think that was probably like the the, the kind of the where on live may have peaked at that point in terms of just people talking about it and just its relevance in the game industry is maybe that little time in in uh during the Eurogamer expo there uh but you guys were certainly around like when the you started seeing the wheels kind of come off on that um the whole train there uh what did you guys remember seeing that from your you know experience you could tell like okay this is something's not going on you know very well here this company is in trouble well, I mean, we all kind of saw it at the same time you guys saw it, honestly. Communication started to slow way down. Um, games started to uh, not come out as fast. Um, but, I mean, honestly, I think the Steve Perlman exit, when everything went into bankruptcy, we knew that that was probably going to be the end one way or another. We were all surprised when uh, version 2 came back, so... Yeah, and you know what's actually funny about that? Like, a bit of insider information on that. Um, the year that I went to E3, uh, when they had invited me to come down, that was the year I met Gary Lauder, who was, you know, the one who um, invested in on live and OL2 came out. And when I saw um, what their plan was, I was like, oh no. Like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't think this is going to work. Well, and do you remember... I want to cut you off. I'm sorry. Do you remember the conference call that we had when we were pitching ideas for E3 that year or the year oh, before? Yeah. You know, I'm not mentioning names, but like they turned they turned down every good logical idea that we had for going to E3 and promoting on live and told us, oh, well, we were thinking of just giving out cotton candy. What? What? What, what E3 would that have been? Was that like 2013? 14? 2014? Yeah, it would have been the year after I went. And the only reason why I was there was because I was going anyways, and they offered me a pass. So, so yeah, I mean, like, things like that just left me baffled the entire time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was it literally yeah. they just didn't have enough money so they could literally pass out cotton candy or something? Like, like uh, what was the reason? There was no, there was no explanation or reason. It was just oh. more of like an awkward conversation, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, well, I mean, when the first on live announced the bankruptcy, uh, that was August of 2012, it looks like, um, yep. according to uh, this article on The Verge. And at that time, that's when they basically announced they were laying off the almost the entire company. It was 150 to 200 people were laid off. 
um, all at one time. Um, but it was a weird thing because you're right. Like there was so th that whole situation happened, and then like essentially another company that was created that was called on live bought it and continued operations. So it was a confusing thing for people who weren't really in the know on the outside. But can you guys explain really just what happened there? Um, you know, basically it just came down to it. Yeah, everyone got laid off um, because. They just didn't have money. I mean, if everybody remembers the infamous muffin story, um, they when they they used to go down the street every day and buy a bunch of muffins from a bakery, and promise to pay back and never pay them back. Oh um, man! This they just ran out of money, and it was just Steve was just spending, 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 and that's doc well documented. That's not like anything, you know, that hasn't been said. That end with his his outbursts or his rumored alleged outbursts during conventions, um, it, it didn't make himself or the company look good at the time, I imagine. Yeah, from what I understand, that's the reason why the Square Enix and uh, EA stuff fell apart. Yeah, they also had a really good thing going with THQ for a long time, and they, they were actually getting some some really good games. Uh, Darksiders from... was on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some really good stuff. Um, and so once once Steve sold that on live 2.0 came and uh, I think Ryan you were saying uh, was it Gary Louder who was the head of that company? Yeah, member of the Estee Louder family. Oh really? Is that really? Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. I believe he was more just a, an investor and yeah, the he, actual he was, person who was in charge was Charles uh, his last name starts with a B I think I forgot what his name was. Yeah. Charles Burlman. I'm just kidding. It's not him. No, um, <laughs> Burlman. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> um, and what was that? Okay, so they essentially said, like, you know, that we're going to be running the company as as it was before, but obviously that wasn't the case. What were some of the you know early things that you guys saw? Because um, at that at that point, were y'all working for them yet? Uh, it took it, us a little bit to get in. I mean, we were discussing with our boss um, before he was our boss um, the possibility of getting hired. And I'd say it was probably months into on live version two until we both got hired and started as community managers. Okay. Yeah, we had to. Uh, I, re I remember we had to pitch. Yeah, yeah, we, we had, had to pitch. We had to make a business plan. We had to. Uh, we had to throw uh, different factors regarding money around and things like yeah. that. It was we, we had to work for the jobs. And you're taking two guys who like don't have a whole lot of experience in that, just saying, "Do this if you want to stay." And one <laughs> yeah. of them is a self-confessed troll that just started out just like, shit, like <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he loved that I was a troll. And our <laughs> boss, I'm not throwing his name in, but like he was probably a worse troll than either Ryan or myself. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, from what? Okay, so from your guys' perspective, okay, so that time you had there was still a couple of months removed from joining the company, I guess, uh, from an official standpoint as uh, you know working for them. Uh, but what did you guys see change from that 2.0 company? Was did Matt Jensen? He did he get retained? Did he come over? No, he did not. I don't believe so. I think he went over to somewhere involving microsoft or somewhere else around there yeah he he moved he was gone pretty quick after because we he was we didn't we never had any 
real talk with him outside of that. I mean, it went from Matt to Nate. I think Nate was the community manager after Matt, and then after Nate, it was us. Yep. Interesting. But um, d differences, um, uh, we weren't really previewed much to the behind the scenes of On Live One. So yeah. I, I really can't tell you uh, uh, contrast any sort of differences between the two, but um, you know, it, it, they took two guys, um, one that was from across the entire country, and while I was working, they allowed me to actually drive across country while working and talk on the phone to relocate permanently and move. So, I mean, they, they did help me out a lot. They helped me out a lot with a lot of things, so I can't speak partially about them but right. uh you know there it was it was a good time yeah and the service they came up with was actually a really good idea i think it's just from the sounds of it it's just quite poorly managed with some bad decisions and you know cost a lot of money obviously um that might be yeah. one thing that just didn't change between the two yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean part of it too you know when you think about cloud gaming and this is something you still see with all of the services um you know, the further away you are from a data center, that's when you start getting your lag and that's when you start getting all these things. And what we ended up, you know, it, it was a hard sell for some people who maybe tried it for a little bit, but they got like, they had a lag spike twice and they said, oh, this is crap, you know. Yeah. My computer is better or my console is better. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember trying to stream, like, because they allowed you to stream directly from the controller, as we spoke about before. And I remember doing that screen share thing on Wheelman, and I just lagged out so badly. Um, I couldn't tell what I was doing. And when I watched this replay back, basically I was just driving into a wall, and people could comment and stuff, and they were giving me, like, thumbs downs and stuff, saying I was playing shit. I was just like, of course I play shit. I can't, I can't actually control the game. <laughs> I, I can relate so much. Uh, they had me playing Saints Row on Live every morning and streaming on Twitch. And it, it was horrible. I mean, I, I was in New Jersey at the time, and I don't know how close that is to any of their data centers. I'd imagine relatively close, being that close to New York. But, uh, yeah, I, I would just get nothing but people yelling, uh, telling me how horrible I was at the game, things like that, and not realizing that it, it was latency. It was mm. it was lag. It was legit. Um, I imagine it's mostly the people who are older, maybe around our age, that uh, maybe uh, didn't take into account um, actual lag and things like that. Yeah. So when you guys when you guys ended up joining the company, uh, what, when did you say that was? Around what time frame? Two thousand fourteen. Actually, I, I think thirteen. Yeah, it's probably we had, we had two years, just about. So you were there from you said about twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen for sure, because uh, I moved off to another company like right away. Okay. And, and so, that, and that uh, oh, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, I was just saying that it was uh, February 15th that I think we were told that we weren't getting uh, extended for a contract. Yeah, that, they... no, go ahead. Sorry. You know, I was going to say at that point, like what was going on at all on live and, and what was uh, what was like the company like in that two years that you guys were, were with them? I mean, honestly, 
you know, it started out pretty good because we were we were able to like do things in an official capacity and do more. I think. I mean, that's my opinion. Um, but then, you know, like I said, we saw what you guys saw, and you know, that was that was it. You know, I believe that it was like a relationship, like a new relationship. She she lowered you in. She <laughs> told you all those sweet whispered all those sweet nothings in your ear. And uh, we, we got to do what we wanted to do at the beginning. And gradually, just like any relationship, it just started going a little bit trickling downhill. Uh, so from yeah. a s- service perspective, uh, what was the problem? Was it that do you feel like there was just not enough people uh, to, to kind of keep the and carry the workload from even just maybe an engineer standpoint to just the people just kind of turn the lights on and that sort of thing? Um, what, what was the problem that was, you know, kind of permeating throughout the company? Um, I mean, part of it, I think, you know, is the adoption rate, right? Um, it's, again, it's hard to get people in, but, um, you know, overall, they they did what they needed to do. But at the end, it was just a whole lot of sit and wait. And now we all know what they were sitting and waiting for. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, nothing was ever told to either one of us regarding um, the whether we were being let go or how long our positions were going to be with them. But uh, mm-hmm. we, uh, throughout it, we imagined that they were going to the way that they approached us and spoke with us. It seemed like nothing was; they weren't going anywhere, yep. in my opinion. And it, it was a shock. When, when we were told that we were going to be let go, but it kind of reminded me similar to, it was a big thing when everyone got let go from online version one. I believe nobody was aware of it. I think it was a big thing in the news. They sent emails to everybody and said, you're all let go the same exact day, if I'm remembering correctly. I think they were all let go in an email too. Wasn't that yeah. how they were, were notified? It was just in an Jesus. email. Can you imagine if you were like on vacation <laughs> with your family and you get that email on your phone, you're like, what? I just, I got fired. I lost my job. Well, it's actually funny you mentioned that because that's what happened to me at another job. I was on the tarmac back from Texas. <laughs> Jesus. Did you go, honey, let's turn around. We've got another, we can have another week here. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> i got nothing to get back to. Yeah. Yeah. Vacation's extended. Oh, um, that sucks. Yeah. Did, did you guys get a feeling, though, that they were, that they were looking to try to, to sell the company or just trying to make, like, Try to get a recoup their costs and try to to ship this off to, to someone else, or what was going on there from maybe a management uh, perspective that you guys got a sense of. I'll I'll take that. Um, yeah. Um, without again mentioning names, our boss threw that around a few times, or at least gave us hints that that was what they were aiming for. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like I, earlier, I did say that we had no idea that we were going to be let go, but I mean. Like I said, there were hints that were being dropped here and there, but it was more of just me trying to think positively about it because it was my first gig in mm-hmm. gaming. Um, yeah. But also, did, uh, we, we also knew that they were looking to bring in other streaming devices and services. Like, I don't know if this was mentioned or not, but um, we were told, or at least I was told, that they were looking to bring a partnership with the military to bring some sort of cloud streaming 
gaming service like maybe some sort of like America's Army simulator or something like oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Well, I also thought it was weird too, and I think maybe it's when I started to know that things were going, they were just trying to do anything, was when they started trying to get into what it was, was it Second Life or what? Second Life Go, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he had me uh, actually in there talking to some of the community for Second Life, and majority of the people that I spoke to didn't even know what OnLive was. So <laughs> it, it was similar to OnLive Desktop, I guess, where mm-hmm. it was kind of lingering in the side there and people knew of it, but not many people used it because you're already running an operating system. There was, um, there was a lot of uh, rumors going around about... Steve Perlman, I guess, uh, I, I guess had an opportunity to sell the company to Sony at some point, but he offered some sort of ridiculous numbers. Do you guys remember? Am I making that up, or would you guys recall something about that? There's definitely news that came out at some point. No, he, there there was that opportunity, but he was too full of pride, just like he was with web TV and all that stuff. He's he he was just going to keep it going, and then. It didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. There were also, I think I read articles regarding something to do with either AT&T and HP and investments from them that uh, didn't I do go know through. What's actually funny, um, because I went on to work for this company in their VR department, but HTC um, also gave them $60 million. Whoa. Well, that actually, I that actually that. gave it to them. Wow. Well, I think I assume it was an investment. It wasn't. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But, but they, they actually invested that money in the company. Sorry. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, they didn't just say, "Hey, have some money." Yeah, yeah. hey, you guys seem uh, cool. Is that all? That, is that all you got to do? Yeah. Why are we going to HTC for Megavisions? We can be millions. <laughs> what are we doing? I do want to say before we wrap up some of the online discussion, there was they tried to get into some other stuff outside of gaming and wrap that into the on live kind of ecosystem for a minute as well which i thought it was actually a really interesting idea they basically came out with a version of uh, a cloud-based uh microsoft office client that people could access like do you guys remember that whole thing and i remember i think they showed that off at like a gdc one year or something like that and that was another I think in the the history of OnLive, like probably a highlight that you'd have to say because I think that did impress some people uh, for for people that maybe don't have a a, a a desktop or a laptop that was capable of, of you know doing Office. You could actually pay I think a certain amount of money and you'd be able to get basically a subscription to what essentially is the current Office 365, which they have today. Wow. This was kind of a cloud-based version on live put out back back in the day. You guys remember that? So Yeah, Ryan, I think that was on live desktop and then they changed the name to what, like on live corporate or something like that? Yeah. Or... So basically they realized like consumer wasn't the way to go and they were gonna try to do B2B. Mm-hmm. And what's really funny about that is um, just a few years ago, um, a couple years ago actually, um, I don't know if you guys heard of a company called Shadow. Um, they are basically yep. exactly what you just said. They are yeah, uh, Liquid Sky too. Yeah, um, Shadow came out, and uh, they actually just went bankrupt um, and were repurchased. I, I see on live all over again uh, with them. I was their community manager mm-hmm. for like four months. 
Yeah, it, it seems to be happening with a lot of the cloud services. The more recent ones, uh, Liquid Sky, I believe they either went bankrupt or I read rumors that Walmart was trying to acquire them to start Walmart's own cloud gaming service. I don't know the legitimacy of that. And eventually, OnLive did end up selling to, to Sony, I believe. Is that is that right? Yep. Sony bought all of the patents. And it was for a small portion of what they probably could have sold it to, uh, you know, or sold it for, you know, several years earlier. Is that right? Yeah. Definitely mm -hmm. pennies on the dollar. They did what they did to Guy Kai. Which was, at the time, was, was I guess, on Live's... Uh, main uh, competitor in the, the cloud gaming space. Yep. Mm -hmm. An interesting thing about that too was Gaikai was browser based and I believe in probably around the beginning of when I came in as community manager uh, I was shown that OnLive was actually demoing or trying to accomplish the same thing that Gaikai did and what Stadia is currently doing and bringing in a browser based game streaming. And I think it was only available to a minimal amount of users and for a very small amount of time. That's interesting. Um, and so, yeah, it looks like around 2015, April 2015 is when Sony ended up purchasing the assets of OnLive, um, which was OL2, um, which I guess ended officially the OnLive uh, company. And I guess they just kind of... Uh, pulled all of that and Gaikai into what is now uh, PlayStation Now. Is that what they're still calling it? Their, their streaming service? Mm -hmm. um, yep. But it seems like, you know, like what you guys were saying, there's still all these companies that keep trying to get in this, the gaming streaming space uh, and they keep failing. Uh, most notably and probably since, you know, on live and some of these others, but uh, Google with the Stadia is currently the the big streaming company and Jeremy I know that you've been uh, you've been using the Stadia for quite a while what can you say about that and how does it kind of stack up against what you what we experienced back in the day with online I mean being able to play it just in your browser I mean that's fantastic in itself uh, but the, they incorporate the UI the user interface in with the browser itself which is kind of a new sort of feature or technology like if you go into stadia and you press these certain buttons it'll bring up the ui and you can bring up your friends list in your browser and everything like that uh while you're in game and playing so i think it's neat it's innovative um i i just think that a lot of people are going to steer away from it simply because it's google um, yeah. And they're and at least for me personally, I'm looking for more of a service that is led by people who are more geared towards gaming and only gaming and technology. So, for for me personally, because I I did get the Stadia for a while, and <laughs> I've been one of the ones that uh, I get I get made fun of uh, among the staff because I I was uh, Stadia pro Stadia for a minute there, um, but I will say I did play it and. For me, I just still can't get over the, the fact of buying these games digitally on a streaming service where you don't really know how long this company is going to be around. And you know that once that company is not going to be around anymore, your games are gone, which is exactly what happened with OnLive. How many games did you purchase uh, with OnLive? And what I learned really kind of the hard way with OnLive is that you're not buying the video game. You're buying 
essentially a license to play the game for a certain period of time. Uh, and once that period's over, they have no legal obligation to give you that game again if you agree to the, the terms of that, I guess, purchase agreement. So is that going to do you, you guys think that that is going to be always be one of these uh, kind of challenges and, and big hurdles that a, a company like a game streaming company is going to have to overcome in the minds of gamers uh, to really take that next step and become a legitimate player, uh, you know, in the gaming console space. I mean, honestly, with us living in the in the age of licenses, um, you know, people are still mad about this, especially a lot of like retro collectors and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, I mean, honestly, it's always going to be there and gamers don't like it and it'll be there until physical is completely gone. And then I think, um, you know, people will have to accept it and it will be more kind of widely, yeah, accepted. Hmm. Either that or, or on live hit the nail on the head with CloudLift. I mean, I would feel that extra security and extra, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but I, I would feel better knowing that I obtained that Steam CD key when I purchased the digital copy. The That's what CloudLift was. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that that was a fantastic idea, and it, it boggles my mind to this day that no one else has jumped on that. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else is doing that, but that would be uh, a neat way, and that's certainly a way that could potentially do that because you know Steam's not going to be going around uh, away at all anytime soon. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone's built up confidence, such confidence with Valve and Steam that you know. If you provide somebody with a code for the game that you purchase on another platform, I mean, that's amazing. Oh, one thing I just wanted to mention, I just remembered too, and this is another downer, and I'm sorry, but it's something that <laughs> it, I, I, it's kind of funny too. Does anybody else remember the time that I think it was, oh, I forgot the game, but there was a game that was released at GameStop, and it was supposed to include a, um, a code to redeem the copy of the game on OnLive, yeah. and then OnLive had, or GameStop, went through every copy and physically removed. <gasps> I think, yeah, I do remember hearing that. Yeah, I can't remember what game it was, though. That's such a GameStop thing to do. Yeah, I think it was GameStop that chose to Why do it because they, they didn't that? want anybody getting it. That's it's just competitors. They didn't want a competitor selling, you know, their stuff in their store, but, I would assume. No. Um, Surely they had a, but, an agreement with the company and stuff. That, that's um, the ultimate problem, I think, though, is that the, the communication between the companies and third parties um, probably makes things very difficult to be accomplished or achieved with yeah. streaming licenses, like you said, and everything just makes it too complex. Something that shouldn't be this complex, way too complex. Yeah, so. uh, I, I think our time's winding down, fellas. I wish we had a little bit more time, but... We're going to have to keep our show rolling. But before we go, I, I just want to ask you guys, like, overall, what's your you know lasting impressions of your experience and just overall thoughts? Uh, and, and maybe what's, what what do you think the lasting legacy of OnLive really is, uh, you know, going forward and, and what we'll think of, about it? So, uh, Ryan, I'll let you go first. Um, you know, honestly, as crappy as, like, the, um, you know, the, the management and the whole, you know, the whole business side of it went i mean it was honestly a lot of fun i enjoyed it i still enjoy it because that was actually my first uh first community management role that i had no training for and now 
that's what I've been doing ever since. Um, so it was really cool. Even got to kind of work with Jeremy for a little while again later on. Um, but you know, I, it was good, and I think on live will be remembered is what brought it to the forefront. Nice. Well said. Well said. Yeah, I think uh, it, for my personal experience, uh, it's similar to what I said earlier. You know, to be able to start as a fan and move on and have them a company like that be able to provide me with the opportunity to grow and learn even though like ryan said management you might not want to have taken tips from them but um <laughs> it, it was great and i think that the best thing i could take from on live were the people i met through on live whether it be through the forums the fan forums or from work directly um, i've met lots of friends and learned and obtained lots of knowledge that has helped me through uh a lot of things in life, and I, I thank on life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think we should all just maybe uh, work on their next project, the uh, OnlyOnLiveFans.com. This <laughs> um, is, uh, I think, the just natural uh, progression for that. But no, seriously, guys, uh, this has been awesome. We definitely have to get you guys just to come back again because there's so many stories that we didn't even really jump into. Uh, we still got the old Paxi stories and other kind of crazy stuff uh, that we have. But that's great because we still have stuff to uh, stuff left to talk to you guys about. So maybe here in a few months or so, we could come back and, and talk more uh, about what's going on in the game industry and maybe see what the latest is on uh, cloud gaming. Yeah, and right just... On. just I'll just put it up on the screen for every, all the viewers at home to see. This is the current on-live website. This is onlive.com. Oh. Since it's shut down, it's still there. It's got like a message about how Sony acquired parts. Mm -hmm. Sony has acquired important parts of OnLive. I love that. That's a great message. <laughs> the important parts of OnLive. And um, there, there is some some social media groups and stuff as well. Like on Facebook, I think there's a there's a OnLive uh, like uh, uh, group on Facebook that you can join to to mm -hmm. learn more about the OnLive and other stuff. Is that right? Yeah, that I believe there's like an alumni group. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's plenty of information out there if if you all are interested in learning on live. I do think it is a it is an interesting period of time in gaming because it was this whole time where uh, a lot like you know the VR craze that we had gone through in the last few years, but before that, it was that whole cloud gaming and so much, so many companies that were jumping on board and on live was really at the forefront of a lot of it. And still, as a lot of its tech is being used uh, today, uh, as we said, and so I think that it is an important part of gaming history. I'm glad that you guys were able to come on and and kind of give us some behind the scenes stuff uh, of on live because you guys were working for them for a little while and shed some new light on what online was doing back then. So thank you for that. And uh, I'm really glad that you guys came and can't wait to get you back on. Definitely. Uh, thank you for having us. Oh yeah. Also, yeah. one more thing I, I want to interrupt. If you check the Twitch on live account, it's still up there and you can Ooh. see embarrassing videos from that time period <laughs> of Ryan, myself and super token. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Definitely check that out. <laughs> we'll have to do that next time for sure. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks again. And Graham, are we gonna maybe we'll jump into a quick break real quick, and then we can uh, jump into uh, our mega news stand. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, we will. Yeah. So thanks again. Thanks, uh, Ryan and Jeremy. Thanks for joining us uh, and chatting about on live. Um, 
great to reminisce about that and just hear more about the inside of the company and stuff so yeah and with that folks um we will just got a very quick break and we'll be back in a, just a couple of minutes so cheers see Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging around and waiting. And uh, thanks to the on live crew, uh, Ryan and Jeremy, for joining us again. And we are now going into our new sections, our topics of the week, as it were. Um, so, yeah, we are, yeah, we're going to look at some Sega related news um, that we've been covering on Megavisions recently. And I uh, guess, Chris, do you want to kick this off and like tell us what's happening uh, with this first sure. piece? So the first piece, this comes from Gamescom, so that's currently going on. I think it may be wrapping up uh, this weekend, but there, Jeff Keighley was bit, ha, had been hyping it up with some Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania news that was going to be coming out. And so we did get some pretty exciting pieces. Uh, new playable character, Morgana from Persona 5, is going to yeah. be uh, joining the cast here. Um, but unlike some of the other previous characters uh like uh who who were some of the other ones sonic and tails and then we also got um was it uh uh kazuma from yakuza right as a playable character as well unlike yeah. those people or characters who are, are going to be included in the original game from the get-go uh i think morgana is actually going to be a dlc character who's not going to be available until about a month after the game's release on November 2nd is when that's available. The game actually comes out uh, on October 5th. So that's kind of exciting for Persona fans. Morgana is going to be... I, I want to say I'm pronouncing it right, or it's Morgana. I don't know. Um, I, I can't remember. I did play Persona 5, but I didn't, I didn't beat it. I didn't get very far. Did you ever play it? I never played it, because at the time I didn't... Um, was it on PS3 or PS4? It was on both. Oh, okay. I I didn't play it. <laughs> I, I didn't. I think I didn't. I didn't have a PS4 at the time, and my PlayStation Three was not set up. Um, I haven't played my PS3 for a long time because honestly, it's the worst games console I've ever owned. Just saying it. You're wrong. You're wrong. Well, for I'm one. not. Uh, Nintendo uh, 64 it's... is the worst games console. Oh, god damn but... it! No, no, no sir. <laughs> but no. I will say though, um, <laughs> I think I want. I do want to say something about Persona Five because the PlayStation Three version of Persona Five is really awesome. For what they were able to achieve uh, on the PlayStation 3 with that port is nothing short of amazing. It yeah. looks great. It essentially contains most of the everything that the PS4 version does. Uh, I think there's some background stuff and other things like that in the longer loading times. But outside of that, it's all there. The game's there. I was actually playing it on both systems. And what was neat about... Uh, back then on the PS3 and PS4 as they had cloud saves and it would just sync it up very quickly between the two, uh, which now, I mean, everyone does that. All the consoles do that now, except probably the Nintendo uh, <laughs> Switch. <laughs> but, definitely <laughs> uh, but that's something that they did back then, which is really cool. So that is exciting, I think, to have uh, the Persona characters now, maybe more of them on the way uh, for Banana Mania. I think I, that would be... I, be pretty I feel, awesome. I feel Morgana fits really well into Monkey Ball sort of aesthetic, as it works. Um, should, we, should we actually watch the trailer? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's crack open this trailer. 
Oh, that's I thought we were watching the trailer. <laughs> there you go. Morgana's in a little ball, rolling along, hitting chests and stuff. So I guess that's that's different then, because normally you're picking up bananas, obviously. Right. So, so that's another thing is uh, with Morgana, you're picking up chests instead of bananas. Yeah. So it's an added thing. So I think that's what makes it a bit different also. Mm. Uh, than the other characters where you're basically just play, seemingly playing the base game. This is giving you some uh, additional uh, content out there. I don't know how much it's going to be outside of that, but I think that one of the exciting things is this opens up the idea of like who else could be coming uh, mm. from Persona. Uh, that would be pretty neat. Uh, outside of that, there was also some news that they announced all the, uh, some of the 12 playable mini games that are going to be in there. Oh, okay. Uh, and these are very uh, exciting names, not at all generic. Uh, there's Target. We get baseball, uh, tennis. We have race. Oh, fight. We have dog fight, bowling, billiards, golf, soccer, shot. And last but not least, we got boat race. Ooh, I, th I feel like this is the trailer uh, here that they've. Uh... That is. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. 12 appealing party games. I love it. Yeah. And oh, this looks fun. Oh, that looks. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I will say that the mini games have always been my favorite part of the Monkey Ball games. Yeah. I mean, I never played them on. I, I didn't really. I will say I didn't play the Monkey Ball games when they first came out because that was like a lot of them came out right after. It was early days of the Dreamcast going, or the Sega going third party, I want to say, right? Because the first ones came out on GameCube. Yeah, they came out on the GameCube. Uh, in fact, I think they were GameCube exclusive for a while. And then I think eventually they released a pack on Xbox and PS2 from memory. So that's great. Those games should have been on the Dreamcast. They should have. That, they, that, they should have been. I mean, aesthetically and everything, God. it would have been perfect for the Dreamcast. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's um, and yeah, uh, and I the only this is this is sad. The the main Monkey Ball game I played the most of was actually on the Wii, um, and I actually Banana Blitz. Yes, yeah, Banana Blitz. Yeah, and you could jump in it, which is a new mechanic which a lot of purists did not like. I actually quite liked it because I was really really bad at the GameCube games. Like, I was just <laughs> terrible, and I owned Monkey Ball Adventure on the PSP, and I loved it. And I wish I actually picked it up on like the PS2 or the GameCube. Um, because I think that would have been obviously a better experience. So I'm going to have to try and find that because that's so good. I genuinely thought it was a really fun adventure sort of platform puzzle game. Um, yeah. So, hmm. but yeah. Um, so that's exciting though. Morgana is joining and lots of great stuff coming. Uh, the other character I've remembered is Beat is coming as well. Um, they, they announced Beat a while ago um, for Marvel, right. which yep. I thought looked so cool. <laughs> Little Beat running around. Uh, that's Beat from uh, Jet Set Radio for anyone who doesn't know. But yeah, that's right. Cool. Yep. So, so like I said, the uh, it's coming out for the PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, Xbox One, and we also on the Xbox Series X and S, mm -hmm. Nintendo Switch, and Steam. Mm -hmm. That's going to come out uh, October fifth, and it's going to retail for twenty nine ninety nine for the standard version and thirty nine ninety nine for the deluxe version. Okay. And that is Super Ball or some Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. I keep wanting to call it Banana Blitz. <laughs> it's uh, but yeah, that's a that's a decent. It's on price that as well. A Sonic Mania thing. Yeah, um, but 
But yeah, that's that is yeah, a good like. In, I, so. I'm not sure in American dollars, but like, how much does a game normally cost in America? Because that seems lower than most games, I think. It is lower. Uh, I think now it's fifty nine oh, wow, ninety nine okay, for yeah. standard. Yeah, that's good. Games. Yeah. So fantastic. All right. Yeah. Uh, you want to get into the next? Yeah, absolutely. Bit of news? Yeah. Um, cool. And also thanks for the follow. Um, we've got a follow, J. E. Hamilton, which I think is actually Jeremy from earlier. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for joining us. So, next bit of news. We've just been playing Turtles, and look, what a twist. We've got some Turtles news. So, What a coincidence. <laughs> we didn't plan for that. Uh, yeah, the next bit of news is April O'Neil has been announced as a playable character in the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, why don't we take a look at this uh, trailer while we're talking okay. about it, Graham? Whoa, uh, there is no trailer. Now, what a twist. We just got some uh, click. Oh, we do we not have one. I thought we had one in there. Um, well, here I'll uh, April O'Neil. There is a trailer. Okay. Why don't we have a trailer on I that? Oh, I didn't write this article. Uh, Graham, you were in charge of the article <laughs> writing in that one. You're supposed to do that. No, I got, I got, I, I got our 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 link right here. Drop in the chat momentarily. Ooh, yeah. And it's all good. Yeah, we'll, we'll get this. Fuck we'll it. We'll do it live. Right here. That's what... Oh, uh, no, I will say while you're doing that, one of the things I'm super excited about this game, not only that it's a, hey, it's a turtles Ooh, beat them yes. up again, but it's who's behind this game. Oh, uh, Dot Emu is, is publishing fantastic. it, uh, who we all know just came off uh, the heels of publishing the amazing uh, Street Rage 4, but Tribute is a Canadian-based developer. I met a lot of those guys and girls at PAX East last year, and they were amazing people. I was blown away uh, by their booth. They were just very well... Uh, like it was, They made it very easy for journalists because you get there, they set you down at their booth, they gave you this little packet that had a cool USB stick. It had everything you needed, assets, they even had it to where you played the game and they put the USB stick in there and it automatically they had capture devices. So it captured your gameplay that you had and they put it on a stick for you and sent you on your way. You had everything you needed to go write all your content. And so they made wow. it super easy and they were awesome people. And the game that they created and were uh, showing there was Panzer <clears throat> Paladin, oh, you love it, which actually. is a pixel based like it's kind of a, uh, you know, your Metroidvania Mega Man style games. So when they were announced that they were doing this game, can we keep can we oh, show yeah, it we again, can, Graham? As we, we keep talking, yeah. let's keep rolling it. Uh, so when they were announced that they were doing this game, I was super pumped because they are very capable. I know that they are going to do this game a lot of justice, but I'm excited because this is a big opportunity for the company to to work on a giant IP like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And looking at the graphics, the character design is awesome. They they almost have a a chibi esque mm. look to them. Yeah, yeah. Do you, totally. do you know what I mean, Graham? Like it's almost like a, a I don't know how you explain it. Like they look almost deformed <laughs> in a way. Like they're shorter than they almost should be, but in a good way. Like it looks really cute. It looks like a, almost like the best I can say. They almost look like a, like toy figures. Yes, yeah. That's a good. That's a good. In a way. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Um, which will hopefully make it even easier to sell uh, some toy <laughs> with it. But, uh, yeah, maybe. But we get in in this game. You get you know the four turtles as a, a playable. This is a four player co op game. But obviously, 
uh, April O'Neil is here, and that's the star at, right now of why we're talking about her. She has the cool microphone that she uses to beat down her uh, her opponents and everything. So that's really cool. Yeah. I was super excited to see this, and I'm just pumped for this game overall. I like because I'm a big fan of tribute games. Those people are awesome, uh, and I'm a huge Turtles fan. So this is super cool. What do you think? Do you think we could get some more unlockable characters? I mean, that would in be this cool. Game? I'm trying to think who would that be because I know. Uh, it's, it's... Dude, don't even yeah, think Casey yeah, Jones. I was going to say, I was gonna say Casey Jones. Uh, they always had Baxter, the scientist who turned into that fly guy, but he was kind of a baddie, but he's kind of a goody baddie from, from memory. I think in the original cartoon, he helped out. I always wanted his figure. Uh, yeah, I never like, got it. Oh, this has only ever been in like one episode of Turtles, the original Turtles TV show, and they made toys of them, but I've never seen them anywhere else since. Do you remember the frogs? There were some frogs that also were mutated, and they were basically like the Turtles, but they were frogs, and they actually had like um, like Hawaiian shirts on and stuff and shorts, and then Shredder convinced them that oh, the Turtles yeah. were evil, yeah. so they were fighting the Turtles, and then eventually like, wait a second, we're kind of the same, and then like they sort of beat up... I think I had Michelangelo okay, yeah. of that version. Uh, I didn't yeah. have the whole collection. That's what usually I would end up doing is I would see like a new set come out and I'd get like one or two of them. I would never end up collecting all of them. So I just had this weird hodgepodge of turtles that yeah. didn't look the same. <laughs> uh, but I think I still have a lot of my collection at my mom's. Hopefully she didn't. Well, uh, funny enough, the only reason off. I could actually remember the frogs was uh, I was at my parents' house at the weekend um, or a couple of weekends ago, and my brother pulled out all our toys because showing his kids them, and we had all the different turtles. We had uh, uh, Splinter. Splinter would be a great character as well. Splinter, why do we think of Splinter? Um, yeah, Ooh, and, and we had one of the frogs, good. and I was like, oh, I remember these frogs. It was great. Uh, but that's why that's that's how I remembered it basically. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, if, you could, if they did release some more characters. I think it's awesome having April O'Neil uh, as a playable character. Another cool thing that, that's shown in this is that there's uh, some team yes. moves. Uh, so there's a, a, a part where Leonardo picks up April and and like kind of throws her like a bowling ball. Uh, and you can also revive uh, your teammates with uh, giving them a slice of pizza. Uh, so Shredder's Revenge is going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch and PC Fantastic. next year. In 2022, with no um, no firmer release date, but hey, I'm super excited for this game. I want tribute take all the time that they need for this because, dude, this game is going to be so good. It's if you're a Turtles fan, just put oh, this on your radar. So I just noticed put the mic drop wish thing. List. She, did she beat uh, for the audio it. listeners. She beat up a character, like yeah. beat up one of the Foot Clan, and then as Foot Clan was like lying on the floor, she just drops her mic on top of him and he explodes. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome, man. I love April O'Neil. It's funny, but uh, it was funny because I was telling my kids about it, and uh, and my daughter, I can't remember, is Isabel or Odin. They're like, "Who's April O'Neil?" And I'm like, "What? If you don't know who she is." And they, it's just oh, completely lost in, like, this the, whole generation. The modern, so the modern whatever. version of the show. Uh, That's going to end and wrap up the uh, mega newsstand for this week, and that might be wrapping up the show. Uh, but. Thank you all for sticking with us on this show. Uh, we do want to remind you all one more time to go to our Patreon. There's still a couple of days left to join uh, to get your hands and be subscribed to get issue one of our relaunch issue. Uh, we're really close to finishing it up. We are going to be shipping this thing off uh, and printing it in September. 
Uh, we're only weeks away from that, and it's coming up very soon. So go to patreon.com slash megavisions where you can join our Patreon right there. And uh, while you're on uh, Patreon, also go to megavisions.net. Uh, we are publishing a ton of news every single day. Uh, I really got to hand it to our news writing team. They've been killing it. Uh, we have broken our our traffic numbers, our all-time Megavisions traffic numbers uh, in August. Uh, this month alone, we broke it uh, for every other month. Uh, and we haven't even finished August yet. So we're doing very well. I'm very proud of the team. So kudos to them. Keep it up. Uh, in addition to to that, when you're on our website, go to our shop where you can buy back issues of Megavisions, including uh, posters as well. And we're gonna very soon we're gonna come up uh, come out with some new products. Uh, we were cleaning out the Megavisions warehouse, and we found some new products there that uh, were I think you guys will find pretty exciting. Uh, more to come on that probably next week. Um, outside of that. Be sure to check out uh, our Twitch because we're streaming almost every single day. Twitch.tv slash Megavisions. Uh, we have a lot going on. And then this Thursday, I don't know what they're streaming for Thursday Night Throwdown, but that is one of our most exciting uh, shows that we have every week where Tornado Jones hosts our Thursday Night Throwdown. They usually play like a, a some sort of fighting game or or multiplayer game. But the idea is, is that... Mo- a awesome. ton of people are playing all at the same time. So if you want to watch um, a, a large portion oh, sure. of the Megavision so. crew, think that's where you want to uh, go and check that yeah, just, out. Just I guess so have sure a, everyone that. have a. Uh, is there anything else I'm missing weekend. out? And if you're in the UK, have a great bank holiday Monday. Um, got hopefully most people got a nice day off. Um, so yeah, should be good. Um, with that, with that, let's thanks, do it. Thanks everyone again. Perfect. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed the show and please join us on discord and leave any comments and stuff you have um Great. about the show yeah we'll we'll get to them and stuff so yeah thank you very much and uh be excellent to each other